Welcome to Awesome Woo Woo Holistic Vet Advice with Dr. Jim and Kristen Carlson. Now, the name of our program might be a bit unconventional, but for that better, so is our approach. We'll discuss traditional and alternative practices and therapies designed to improve and maintain the health of your best friends, your pets. With the ideas discussed on the show today, your pets could live longer and healthier lives. Now, here is Dr. Jim and Kristen Carlson. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. And uh, nice to see you all here with us today. Um, we are going to get to a lot of viewer questions today from our Facebook group, Holistic Vet Advice with Dr. Jim and Kristen Carlson. Really good group, getting a lot of discussion, lots of comments, a lot of people helping each other out and introducing Definitely. us to new ideas too. So we hope you can uh, join that group. You can also email us at holisticvetadvice at gmail.com. And the number to call in is 866-472-5788. Um, we're we're going to talk a little bit today about detox. We spoke about that last week, some of the best products that Dr. Carlson likes to use for detoxing and some of the reasons for detoxing. But there's also a side effect from detoxing that you should be aware of. It's actually something you might have experienced yourself after you had a vaccine or maybe started taking a new medication, um, even an antibiotic can give you this reaction. So something to watch out for, for your pets. Also shedding season is upon us. It's fall. Um, I always thought shedding season was associated with the spring, but unfortunately for your vacuum cleaner, it is not. We use some good products. Um, wonder product actually right here that we'll talk to you about in a little bit. And then uh, our listener questions today range from a dog who is suffering a pretty bad health crisis and is having anemia. So that's a lack of oxygenation of the blood. Mm -hmm. So we're going to try to find some holistic ways to help this owner. She's already, you know, seeking conventional advice. So we're just going to add a few things in hopefully today that might give her a helping hand. And then um, is pea protein bad for your pet? We talked a lot last week about pea protein and how it's kind of sneaky. Well, a kind of little dirty tactic actually that pet food manufacturers use because there's several different names for peas in pet food. The other in, in they'll, they'll put them in there in three different ways, but it's still all pea. So there <laughs> is um, an issue with that. <laughs> Plus um, some of those alternative type of proteins also have, you know, I have to keep giggling. <laughs> some of those alternative type of proteins also are exposed to herbicides and pesticides. That's right. So your dog could really be getting a, an entire gut full of things that it should never have had, especially if it was, you know, living in the wild or whatever. So we're going to talk a little bit about, you know, whether you should, you should watch those dog food ingredients and some of those sneaky tactics again, but we have one owner who actually found it on a pet food that she got right in the grocery store. You shop, you go right by it every time it's in a freezer case, uh, actually a refrigerator case. Also, the best cat litters, one listener is experiencing a lot of dust and changes to her premium litter. She says it's just not the same as it used to be. Something may have changed. And our group had some great suggestions. Plus, we'll kind of talk about what those suggestions were and show you a few little tricks as well that we've used uh, here in the clinic. So today I'm talking about detoxing. So we went through this last week, mm -hmm. um, a lot of different ways of detoxing a pet, but why should you do it and when? The, there's a lot of toxins that build up you know, through the day, through the year, 
through the months uh, over time that and they're probably exposed. after specific incidents, right? Especially after they're ill, um, if they got exposed to a, a known toxin like an herbicide or something like that uh, after surgery, you know, anesthesia is a toxin to the body, uh, so it has to you have to get rid of those uh, metabolites after surgery. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not obviously as severe as being exposed to an herbicide, but at the same time, um, the uh, the, the detox should occur. Now, uh, we don't always think about that because we think, well, if the pet's eating and and doing okay, why do I need to detox? Well, the fat stores the toxins, the liver stores toxins, mm-hmm. the other organ systems also store a little bit as well. And so occasionally, you just like changing oil in your car, you got to get rid of the toxins mm-hmm. to be healthier, to have the stamina to go to those longer years. Mm-hmm. My goal always is at least 15 years with your pet, any size. And I like to go. That's a minimum. And that's a minimum. So 15 to 20 years as a range is not unreasonable, but you do have to do the groundwork. You do have to help them out. And detoxing Mm -hmm. is one of those ways. I had um, three surgeries basically kind of in a row, like within a a few months time. This was all, uh, you know, preventive type surgery. So I had an SRT, which is the test we use to see how everything is functioning from cellular metabolism um, to lymph nodes to everything else. And um, it tests how many systems in the body. Well, there's at least, well, 145 files. Mm-hmm. And each of those files is about 30 to 40 items. So you're getting into, you know, well over 300,000 items okay. that you can pick up on. So I had this done after surgery. And I, I mean, I felt terrible after having three surgeries, basically in a few months time. And the the tester at the time was like, are you even alive? Your cellular metabolism is nothing. And she kind of was right. And she's like, you need a huge detox to get all of this stuff out of your system. Mm-hmm. So it is something that is probably a good idea. It's a little maintenance after the, the upset, mm-hmm. you know, if you're sick or you had surgery or if, if, if you have chronic illness, you know, it also helps as well for especially pets as they're getting that timeline uh, somewhere after 10 years old where it starts, they start to get what I call geriatric on us. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden they were playing and now they seem like they're, they've gotten old on us. It's yeah, just we, in a day We get a lot of those phone calls, people booking appointments for something like that. Just yeah. things are slowing down. The pet's just kind of, you know, slower than it used to be. So mm-hmm. we do get those appointments a lot. So cleaning out the system uh, is a good idea. And so how do we do it? We which probably leads us into the the next part, the Herxheimer reaction. Should we talk a little bit about that? Well, or? So we're just going to go over really quick your best detox products. Well, the first one I like is Thuya 30C. It's T-H-U-Y-A 30C. It's a homeopathic. Uh, it's been around for many, many, many years. Uh, it looks like a little white pellet. And it's very effective in helping with detoxification, especially against metals. Uh, we use it quite a bit after vaccination, some pets, especially, uh, you know, immediately after and sometimes before vaccination kind of leading up, especially uh, if the pet has had reactions before and has to be vaccinated for uh, kennel reasons or um, city ordinance reasons, things like that, uh, where they have to be vaccinated. We know 
that they might get sick from it, so we use 30C, 30 or 30C ahead of time. Um, I like apple cider vinegar. I'm an ACV fan. You know, it using it uh, every day for roughly a detox window of three to six weeks. Uh, all you need for pets, you can use it as a rinse, 50-50 with water and, and apple cider vinegar. Just rinse the mouth, and that works really, really well. Okay. Um, raw diet, another great cleanse. You know, you're taking away impurities. Uh, all the preservatives like, are right. gone out of a raw diet. You can really right. focus on maybe finding like a grass-fed or organic Maybe not organic, it's super expensive, but the grass-fed meat at least. And right. then even the organic vegetables are just a little bit of a markup sometimes. You can go focus on some of those as well. Especially cruciferous vegetables. We want to steam them for the pets so they can digest them better and use better utilize the water. That's a good idea. Uh, burdock root, that nasty weed that we always see that has the burrs and we get them the, stuck on ourselves. Lo- the leaves are like two feet long. Yeah. yeah. It's a massive, tough weed. But at the same time, that root is invaluable for the liver. It's called burdock root. Um, dandelion, those nasty little dandelions that get out in the yard, we think, you know, we don't want those, but they're actually very good. The dandelion root is also just like burdock root, very good for cleansing. And uh, Do you have to do that in a tincture or something? It's You can use it in so many ways. Um, for pets, you can still use a tincture, but it has to be a few drops because it contains alcohol usually. You can get alcohol-free uh, products okay. uh, and, and use them for pets. Uh, but I've used the alcohol product, in, in, but only like three to five drops. If we infuse it with SRT biomapping, you can get by with three to five drops. It's fine. No oh, toxicity. Okay. Yeah. All right. And then milk thistle. Everybody goes to a yeah. liver cleanse milk thistle. It's always a go-to. Uh, we want to be careful, as we'll talk about a little bit later, uh, with milk thistle uh, taking too much. The, the issue with uh, homeopathics and supplements and vitamins uh, and things like that is they're, they're not FDA approved. It always says on the label that this has not been researched, you know, so mm-hmm. it, there's no claim to it's going to do anything. Uh, so there's really but no that doesn't exact mean it doesn't work and it's not effective and it right. can't have side effects. Right. So that's kind of, you know, you, you can't just keep adding it. Right. It's especially it's, with the milk thistle. It is sort of like the wild west when we're talking about, uh, herbs and supplements, but, and clients ask me, you know, how much should I use? Uh, a, a best rule of thumb is a small dog is a quarter of an adult human medium-sized dog is about a half an adult human, large dogs, three quarters, and then your giant breeds uh, or a full human. Oh, really? And that's your guidelines. Now, you're not going to hurt them if you stay within those limits, but if you start pushing the envelope a little bit with some of the products that maybe do heavier detoxing, like milk thistle, uh, sometimes they'll go into that uh, healing reaction. Okay, and it's called Herxheimer reaction. It's called a Herxheimer reaction. Now, you might have had this yourself if you've taken antibiotics if you've had a vaccine. Um, And it's not necessarily like a vaccine reaction, it's actually a little bit different. So what happens to you when you have a Herxheimer reaction? Well, the the body's resetting itself. So, and getting rid of toxins at the same time. So if we take the the antibiotic, for example, Mm -hmm. it's killing bacteria. Well, those those toxins have to go somewhere Mm -hmm. and the body has to use the whole body to work together to say, okay, we've got a bunch of these toxins we've got to handle, so let's go to work together and get them out of the body. Okay. 
so you're going to feel after they start killing off bacteria, you're going to feel pretty crappy. Sort of like heartworm disease in dogs. That's why it takes so long to treat heartworm disease because of the toxins. Uh, mm. The heartworm has a little bacteria. That's why we use doxycycline because oh, really? if we kill off all those heartworms too fast, all those bacteria are going to die off too. Extremely toxic. So you can have a massive uh-huh. reaction. So uh, the heartworm society has extended that uh, mm. to avoid that Herxheimer reaction as much as we can. If you have a dog with heartworms, the American Heartworm Society has some protocols on their website to help you kind of understand. Um, It's mostly conventional, right? It is conventional medicine, for sure. We Mm -hmm. can use holistic medicine to help ease the burden, Mm -hmm. especially afterwards. We we put a toxin in, we got to detox out. So so using a detox program to help with that, um, using... Uh, natural pain relievers during Mm -hmm. the process as well can cut down on some of the toxicity. Mm -hmm. So prevention is key when it comes to um, heartworm disease because it's a very painful treatment if you ever had to do that. Just that's a just by the way. Yeah. So can you explain some of the symptoms of a Herx reaction? Well, it it does affect every organ system, but the the early signs are just general, not feeling white, lethargic, kind Mm -hmm. of general melee, Maybe the pet's not playing all that like it used to. Mm-hmm. Uh, then a little heavier could be vomiting and diarrhea because vomiting and diarrhea are detoxing. Yes. You're throwing and up sometimes toxins. the vomiting and diarrhea happen even after the SRT. Right. Which is um, an energetic test. So it, it goes to balance energy. So right. a little bit above, like, obviously above conventional medicine, a little bit above but energy medicine is the next big frontier when it comes to any kind of medicine uh, whether it's conventional or holistic Mm so um, you're seeing it for humans um, and anyway with the SRT vomiting and diarrhea can happen yeah like anything one word just three drops of this calibrated oil yeah because the body is recalibrating regenerating refocusing getting rid of whatever was bothering it and it kind of makes sense because antibiotics and in all medicine wasn't designed to kill the host we're trying to regenerate health again Uh, if we do it more naturally we may at different levels and there again we don't know the exact dosages all the time but some dogs are a little bit different some cats and horses uh, may have the herxheimer effect a little bit worse after taking holistic medicine and some may not have it at all. Uh, but if they do have the effect and you see it, it'll tell you for sure that it's working. Mm-hmm. Because, but if you don't, it doesn't mean it isn't working either. Okay. Okay, but if you do see it, we're gonna support them through that. So the sicker the patient, the worse the reaction as we mm-hmm. start to make them better. Some dogs and cats and all animals, uh, especially like diabetes, mm-hmm. their bodies become used to it over time hyperthyroidism, hypothyroidism. I had a a case of hypothyroidism. The owner said, well, my dog was sleeping most of the time. It was kind of nice because they were resting. Now they got their thyroid back. So (laughs) now they're all reacting and being all crazy. But but, uh, the idea is to... uh, you know, to, to make sure we get regeneration yeah. and so, get the health back. Yeah, and, and detox isn't doesn't mean that there won't be a side effect from that too. So if you encounter it, just know that, you know, sometimes that can be completely normal, but you should have it checked yeah. by your vet to make sure you've got it covered. And don't use the milk thistle 
very long, not over two weeks for sure. And if you have any pre-existing conditions, you really need to talk to somebody about whether you should be using any of that stuff or, or not. Okay. Yeah. Always talk to your vet or your doctor yeah. with one medicines. Make mm-hmm. sure you talk to your doctor about it. You can also, um, you know, contact our group, Holistic Vet Advice with Dr. Jim and Kristen Carlson on Facebook. Um, we'll have some detox information in there as well. Okay. So uh, we have another owner today who is also in that group named Kim. She said she's looking for some advice on helping her 14-year-old lab with mild anemia. Um, the lab is on prescription food, wondering if there's something I could add to her diet. Um and I did some follow-up questions with her. She says she believes the anemia is coming from a tumor bleeding on the spleen, and she's had all kinds of testing. They don't think it's cancer. It's just uh, kind of a tough break. Um, she also has arthritis pretty bad through her back. Yeah. What can be done about her anemia and her arthritis? Well, the first thing with anemia is Unibio. Uh, it's an awesome product. That what it's designed to do is stop bleeding. Okay. Uh, it's been used even in traditional medicine. It's a Chinese, um, I don't know if it's really an herb, it's a concoction. Yeah. Nobody, uh, it comes in a capsule form and we've used it very extensively here for stuff like this, but nobody um, has the actual proprietary blend. Only one person or one company has that, correct? Yeah, very guarded trade secret. So much so they have uh, 13 different sites making just one portion of that. And neither, none of those sites know what each other's doing. Oh, really? Oh, that's and interesting. And then they bring it all together and put it together. Uh, through the years, they've, they've tried to, I think they figured out there's one of the ingredients was ginseng, mm-hmm. which kind of makes sense, you know, for energy and things. But otherwise, you don't know what it is. Uh, one capsule in the morning, one capsule at night can be reasonable enough mm-hmm. uh, to stop the bleeding and to control the anemia. And this is, um, it comes in just a small package. Is this something you stay on all the time? Um, In this case, uh, we would want to monitor the CBC, especially the red blood cell count and hematocrit. Uh, If it was back to normal, you'd want to stop it. You don't want to just keep giving it. Okay. Uh, but you, if you're, if we're going to leave, uh, you know, if the growth is there and, and understand the pet is 14 years old, and if we're going to manage that, we have to do quite a bit of blood testing just to keep track of the CBC mm-hmm. several times during the year. Uh, but Unibio is the best control measure for, for the bleeding. For something like that. <laughs> is there go. anything she can do to support the dog holistically as well? Now for arthritis and just for general well-being, uh, we get back to some of the detox formulas, just light use of apple cider vinegar in the diet. Um, having fresh food available is really important for older dogs. You get fresh raw food. Right. Okay. You can, you, you can start off with lightly cooked if they've never had raw before mm-hmm. and generally move them into raw formula because, you know, at this age, they, we already know if they have a potential tumor on any area of the body that they've had toxic buildup. Mm-hmm. And when that mutation forms, it, it's an unfortunate location like the spleen can cause some problems. But at the same time, um, knowing that detoxing is important, using a clean diet helps to stop feeding that area, mm-hmm. but also helps to avoid other problems in other areas of the body. Okay. It's going to help with the arthritis as well. Oh, okay. Um, so... Hopefully that helped. I would think something like massage would be pretty nice or a nice, really good dog bed. An orthopedic dog bed might help with an aged dog and arthritis too. Yeah. Circulation's key. Just light exercise, even if they want to exert, you know, try to 
be real consistent with the walks every day, mm-hmm. say, you know, 15 minute walk, that's it. Don't try to push it if mm-hmm. they want to go farther. Uh, because being sore the next day is a lot harder on them than the than the it joy would be of on going. someone else. Right. Yeah. Okay. All yeah. right. Very good. Well, it's shedding season. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah. I don't know. I am. I just look down on my outfit and I am covered in dog hair. <laughs> um, collies, huskies, shelties, chows, and akitas, according to rover.com, uh, they had an article about seasonal shedding. These are all double coated breeds. We have a sheltie. She sheds terrible right now. Yeah. Um, the Persian cats are shedding right now. <laughs> that doesn't help either. Um, this. These things are fantastic. These are shedding gloves, uh, de-shedding gloves by Shed Patrol. I love them. You just put them on. It has all these nubbly little things, and you just, like, pet the animal. Um, And we tried it on some of our cats. We'll basically take your face off if you try to do anything. As far as you come near them with a broom, a brush, I mean, or anything like that, they're like, they make noises you didn't know animals made. And... But these gloves, they, they think that they're getting petted and yeah. this is fantastic and this is so much fun. You cannot believe the hair you get out of them with something like this. So it's the same for dogs. You can use them on a horse as well, which really saves a lot of time and trying to find things. You just use these and they're sticky. So they really do get that hair off of there. So those are a really nice one. Why does everybody start shedding now? I thought it was just in the spring. Two shedding seasons. This this time of year, they're shedding off the summer coat to get ready for the winter coat. So if you notice, the style of the hair is probably a little more coarse and a little longer. Oh. So they're shedding off the outer coat to make room for the undercoat. Springtime, the opposite, getting rid of the undercoat to get ready for the summer coat. Oh. So two sheddings a year. Now, if they're shedding year round, that's a problem. That means the body is overheated or has a different type of hormones fluctuating because it is regulated by the pituitary gland and it is seasonal. So we think about it, day length is key. So longer the day length, uh, the body's going to shed off undercoat. The shorter the day length, it's going to shed off the outer coat. Oh, Because okay. that's the only way uh, cats and dogs or all animals really know, even us, mm-hmm. can tell what season it is. <laughs> Otherwise, how would you know? How do you know? You know. <laughs> Right. So that's true. Yeah. And they, they, you know, like the horses I noticed will start in February. So, yeah. you know, it's coming when they start that. Um, dogs have 15,000 hairs per square inch. So it's why you're going through a lot of vacuum cleaners. <laughs> right. No wonder. I mean, <laughs> I beat up a lot of Dysons, you know, yeah. the ones that don't stop sucking. And uh, anyway, the, <laughs> it's because of four dogs in a house plus a bunch of cats. I don't want to claim how many. Uh, 15,000 hairs per square inch on your dog. Plus um, humans have only 100,000 hairs on their head. So we're talking a very, very dense hair coat. And I would especially think that would be for the collies, huskies, shelties, chows, akitas, those ones with the undercoat. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, it, <laughs> they got hair from nose to tail. Yes, they do. So um, the dogs that can shed year around um, include, and I'm sure mixes of these types of dogs, Shepherds, I know that one personally very well. Uh, Retrievers, yes, uh, check. Uh, Bernice Mountain Dogs, so cute. So I love to hear from some of you Bernice Mountain Dog owners about that. Little beagles shed year-round, and you wouldn't like necessarily think that because they have that coat that just, you know, it's just so smooth and short. Yeah. You know, you just wouldn't think that they would go year-round. Labradors also 
um, shed year round. That one I definitely believe. When the labs come into the animal hospital, it's like a snowfall of black lab hair yeah. <laughs> usually. So you know when you're dealing with a lab what's been going on. And the there. key to those dogs you notice is all of those are active working working dogs. Type breeds. So they're gonna have a, a higher metabolism rate and need oh, really? to unload some of that heat somehow. Because oh. they can only pant, so they sweat a little bit through their pads. And that's uh, it. And that's it, you know. So they're unloading it when they come in and they're all nervous and they're going to see the doctor oh, yeah. or maybe yeah. somebody rings the doorbell and they get all agitated. You can yeah. start seeing shedding then. Oh, yeah. You can, okay. you can put a little microscope and see the, just, you know, the hair flowing out all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, I don't know about that. <laughs> um, there is a product I really like also. It's called Shed Safely. We do sell it here, or I can get you one if you want one. Um, Shed Safely is a hydrating bath time spa experience for skin wellness treatment. So this relieves clogged hair follicles, releases undercoat, and removes loose fur. So I have used this, and it's so wonderful. You will definitely want to use it on yourself. It smells like heaven. So what it comes out as is like a mud. And then you, you know, wet the dog down, put the mud on, going to give a nice massage, get through all those hair follicles all over the dog's body where you're putting this stuff. You add a little water. You know, once you're done with that, it's been maybe 15, 20 minutes. You add a little water to it, and it bubbles up. And it smells so good. So I have to take a bath in that myself. You, everybody yeah. should. This <laughs> once a year <laughs> detox <laughs> for the skin. Um, you know, if your dog you feel is losing more hair or the coat just doesn't look as good as normal, um, there are some other things you can try. Um, krill oil is something that we sell as well and use quite frequently for any animal that needs a little extra support in their skin and coat. And we have our custom branded Riverside Omega-3 fatty acids. These are also a good deal. Um, And Omega fatty acids um, provide a lot of EPA, DHA, and vitamin E. EPA and DHEA are really good for brain health anyway. So if you've got brain health, coat health, it's all just really good for your animal. So all in all. Um, And also if you're getting something stinky, that's kind of that yeasty bready smell on your animal. You know, we've talked about apple cider vinegar doing like a 50, 50 rinse in that or filling the bathtub and dumping in is, you know, a few cups of apple cider vinegar and using that as a rinse agent. And we do also carry chlorhexidine shampoo, uh, our Riverside animal clinic and holistic center brand. So the chlorhexidine uh, works on yeasty skin and mild to severe dermatologic conditions. Great stuff. It, 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 sometimes it, you just got to get that skin breathing to feel better. You know, get that extra hair off, get the extra oils off. How do the follicles get clogged anyway? Well, the, if they're producing more oil than normal, so we mentioned they can't sweat, but they do exude a lot more oil and that oil can start to become waxy mm-hmm. and block those pores. Well, the pores are like a, the skin is like a lung. It has to breathe. Okay. And if those get backed up, then uh, the immune system gets involved, creates inflammation, mm-hmm. causes a rash or patchy hair loss or mm-hmm. something like that. And, um, you know, cooling, the reason uh, omega-3s work so well in the krill oil is that it's working on the, the five element theory that it, we're cooling the body down. We're using the fish as a cool food. The omega-3s cool the body hmm. uh, and, and also bathing them cools their system down. And so you can even feed them a cooling food. So 
a little bit of watermelon in the diet. Small amount, not much. Okay. Uh, cooling meats or neutral meats or beef or pork. Uh, if we want to get a little cooler than that, and is turkey okay. and rabbit uh, and duck. Those are good cooling diets. Um, you want to talk to your veterinarian before you start switching foods and things like that because, but I feel there's probably four times a year where you could do a little switch up on your diet mm-hmm. as far as the protein, not necessarily the, the kind of food you're feeding, but just okay. switching up the protein. All right. So the Madramore might be kind of a good way to do um, a little skin detox. So yeah. this, you know, once a year, once a season. Good idea uh, for um, any great. of those. Uh, it's wonderful. Yeah. Any of those clogged pores, anything like that. So um, anyway, um, we are going to take a break here. The number to call is 866-472-5788. We're also live in our uh Holistic Vet Advice page on Facebook, Holistic Vet Advice with Dr. Jim and Kristen Carlson. You can ask questions there. And um, we'll be discussing when we come back some indoor cat diet information about carbs in your cat's diet that aren't going to do you any good in the long run. (laughs) Also, some questions from our group, including what kind of cat litter can I use that doesn't get dusty and the safety of pea protein in pet foods. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Planning for college? Tune in to Getting In, a college coach conversation for tips, techniques, and insider perspectives. Hosted by Elizabeth Heaton, a former admissions officer at the University of Pennsylvania, and featuring her fellow admissions and college finance experts from Bright Horizons College Coach. The show shares what colleges are really looking for and how to highlight your hard-won achievements for the best chance at success. New episodes air every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Awesome Woo Woo Holistic Vet Advice. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to holisticvetadvice at gmail.com. 
Now back to this week's program. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. I'm Kristen Carlson here with Dr. Jim Carlson. Uh, we'd like you to join us on our Facebook group, Holistic Bad Advice with Dr. Jim and Kristen Carlson. There's so many nice people on there. Everybody's helping each other out. It's a great group. And um, we're trying to help you guys by answering questions. A lot of people just don't have a holistic bed around them. And um, a lot of people just maybe have like one question, like, what can I just do to kind of tweak this or that? Or is there anything I could just add to make things better at home or something like that? So that's what this group is designed to do. So we hope to see you there. You can join it on Facebook. And um, our practice is located in McHenry, Illinois, which is kind of a northwest suburb of Chicago, just south of Lake Geneva. And um, we have a Healthy Pet Lifestyle Campus here. We're working now in our swimming pool and um, daycare and our indoor dog park. We've got the clinic up and running. It's been really, really busy. (laughs) A lot of people got pets after COVID. So we hope all of you guys are healthy and haven't had to deal with anything like that. COVID has been... uh, so bad for so many experiences here that's for sure yeah Yeah. definitely so um one of the things sometimes i like to talk about things that like happen in the clinic so one of the things that happened this week is really angry owner so a lot of that going around so you know take it easy but um, (laughs) if you can't manage to so this owner was mad because she came in wanting acupuncture and um, one of the needles, we only put five, you did five needles. Charge was very low. It was like $35. And one of the needles fell out pretty quickly. So he left the room. I think a minute or two passed or something. And one of the needles fell out. This is common with acupuncture, correct? Very true. Once you set the needles, the, it's called regenerative medicine. So the body's healing itself. So once the needles are placed, the needles... Unless they shake them out, which some dogs do, mm-hmm. that the needles will either stay in, they'll partially come out, or they'll completely come out. On the flip side, I've had needles that the body needed it so much that I could not pull it out without twisting just a little bit and say, well, it's just a needle. You know, how did you get it? How did it get stuck in there? Well, the, the body uses that and says, I don't want to let that go yet. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed that. And then there's others where it's, it's sitting there the whole time. It's not uncommon for them to fall out. Once the needle's placed, that's the healing. How long the body wants to leave it in there, it's up to the body. It's not up to the me how long. The body decides, makes the decision. The body decides. We just plant the number 15 minutes, mm-hmm. but the body really says, okay, I need it for 30 seconds or I need it for 15 minutes or I need it several days a week. You know, mm-hmm. it kind of depends. Mm-hmm. Depends on the situation. So, you know, it's one of the things that, you know, makes it kind of hard sometimes to explain sometimes to people how much it's needed or how things really do work. She ended up not wanting to pay (laughs) for the acupuncture treatment because the needle fell out. So she didn't think that was fair, but it's not really how it works. So hopefully we, you know, kind of clear that up a little bit. And, um, you know, we have pets that come in that have to be carried in because they're paralyzed and they walk out. So, um, obviously, the way you put the needles in, you can see how it's done. They don't really go in that far, but the, the area that you put them in, you have to feel for. Right. There's a, there's a healing art to that. Each healer has a little different method, a way of feeling. 
I can feel vibration. Okay. I, it's, it's intuition that I'm connecting with the vibration to find that point. Uh, the patient lets me know if that's a good point too. And then the response. So once you place the needles, you're waiting for the response. It's not the needle doing it. It's the response that the body said, okay, I needed to use that because, mm -hmm. and how did I use that? So oftentimes what happens, they go home and they have a really nice rest. Mm -hmm. And then a few days later, the owner notices, okay, the body's regenerated. Now the symptom is gone or the symptoms reduced, mm -hmm. uh, depending on how old the patient is. But it's remarkable, like Kristen said, well, you can have an animal that's paralyzed and walk, and literally, in some cases, walk, they carry it in and walk out, is that pretty substantial medicine. So the body can really heal itself. It's... It, I'm just the facilitator. I'm just putting the needles in there. Um, You're you know. a good one, though. <laughs> <laughs> You're I got very good at it, and that's for sure. I have but, a feeling for it, but at the same know, time. Like we had a dog that came in. Um, it was an emergency. It was a Sunday. A friend, uh, she's like, the dog can't move its leg. Um, we had to come here anyway. We met her here. And instead of doing too many things, we just he just did acupuncture. And the dog was fantastic. It came back, I want to say like two weeks later, for, we did an x-ray, another acupuncture, and I haven't really heard out of that dog lately. Yeah, they, they just, uh, they'll, they'll come in uh, six months later and say everything's going great for yeah. a year. Imagine what it could do for you. Yeah. So I'm interested to know how many of you have actually um, tried acupuncture as an alternative method and how it worked for you. And if you were satisfied with the results for yourself, um, not to mention your pet. So either way, you or your pet, I'd kind of like to know. So um, if you want to make some comments, I'd like to start that discussion on our yeah. holistic vet advice with Dr. Jim and Kristen Carlson Facebook group. So um, like to see you there. So that's kind of a, it's kind of just a, one of those things. I mean, you kind of have to just kind of trust it, have a lot of faith in it and you know, kind of understand the basics of it, which is something I think we could improve upon by maybe providing more information for people. Yeah, it's it's so powerful. And here's the woo-woo, okay? Yeah. Uh, but it's so powerful is that you have the ability, your pet trusts you, but you have the ability, if you think it's not going to work, and I've told owners this, if you think it's not going to work, it probably won't work. Mm -hmm. if, for yourself or your pet, if you... And it, kind of makes sense if you don't believe in it why would you do it because it's you do have a lot of skeptics though i do have a lot of skeptics you turn a lot of them around not everybody's oh yeah turn around. I've, I've been working with uh i think it's oh sorry go ahead a nice really nice family but when they first came in you know they brought their dog in and it, and it wasn't doing so well and i said let's do acupuncture and and I, the the wife had uh had heard of it before but the son and the father were complete skeptics. Oh, yes. And <laughs> and they admitted it, and, I, and that's fair because I really, in, when they're they're open and honest, it, you're going to see better results. Well, the second time they came in, the husband and the father just, didn't even want to be here. The no, wife no. had kind of run out of options, and she was going to a corporate medicine practice, and she just kind of run out of options. There wasn't anything left, and she wanted to help this pretty sick animal. He was having a lot of trouble, and so. The next time I saw them come in, it was a completely different story. Like, yeah. he didn't want to be here the first time. The second time, he was like, hi. <laughs> they can't wait to come back. So every week, they, they, they've been coming in. And I said, well, we can go for six weeks. Oh, no, we want to do it every week forever. 
because they <laughs> saw the results yeah. and it, and complete turn. Yeah. And so happy for it. Yeah. So we can improve too, you know, in communicating oh, yeah. with our clients probably yeah. about how acupuncture works and yeah. what happens with that. So that's a good idea for, you know, lady number one that we had. <laughs> yeah. And, and sometimes I have to admit, you know, I've, I've done it so much that I sometimes yeah. forget what I don't know. Mm-hmm because I've seen the benefits and it, it brings me such joy just to put them in there. And, and sometimes I, you know, I might not mention that the needle could fall out. It, it could. It, sure it could. could. Yeah. All right. So um, we have a cat litter question. That's Hold awesome. on here. Where did I put those? So our cat litter question today comes from, Oh, there it is. Sorry guys. Our cat litter question comes from Kathleen today. She said she's using a, Pretty expensive premium cat litter, but she said something's changed. There's a lot of clumping in the bottom of the box. She has to do a ton of scraping, and it's super dusty. So um, a lot of people, we had 20 comments on uh, this question on our Facebook group, and a lot of people had some different answers. And we actually had something in here in the clinic that I bought to try just to test. I like to test everything we sell just to in our pet store just to make sure it's good. Um, this one is a wheatgrass litter. It's made out of wheatgrass grown in Montana. Um, this one's called Cat Country. But Karina also said wheat litter has worked really, really well for her. She uses one called Sweet Litter. So um, I really like this litter. I think it's going to go really well. It is no tracking, no dust, and actually can be flushed down your toilet. So um, that would make things clean up pretty easy, make I guess. a lot easier, yeah. yeah, yeah. And no more cat odor in your home, it says. Healthy for cats and their human friends. And, you know, it's made from Montana wheatgrass, so American-made cat litter, no clay this time. Just this nice, uh, it's sort of pelleted stuff. I think it's kind of along the lines of the wheat litter that uh, Karina was also talking about as well. Um, there are... Six top-rated dust-free cat litters by idlecat.com. Um, their first best overall was the Arm & Hammer Clump & Seal. Then uh, the best biodegradable litter was World's Best Clumping Cat Litter. Um, the best unscented litter was Boxy Cat Clumping Cat Litter. High-quality formula was Nature's Miracle. And the best budget buy was Tidy Cat's Instant Action Cat Litter. Remember, um, you need for every cat in your house a litter box. Correct. So I don't know how many litter boxes we have because yeah. I can't remember how many cats we have at the moment. And this um, clinic also has turned into basically, uh, I don't know, sanctuary for cats that people don't want anymore. So if you're looking for a kitty, we have a bunch of them here that need homes. Super sweet too. Yeah. So, um, so uh, the wheat is also really good. And then I wanted to tell you about this other litter that we have. It's called LifeMate. It is a clumping formula. It, to me, it looks like maybe it could be a little bit dusty. I'm not sure because I haven't tried it yet, but it changes color to identify common health problems before symptoms appear. So it says low dust, low tracking formula, extra strength, odor control. And it has this uh, color changing stuff in it. So if your cat's pH is off, then life mate should be able to kind of alert you that something could be amiss. So that's kind of a nice litter. Uh, nice if you've got a cat that's had UTIs going outside the litter box or any of those other kinds of things that have been going on as well. Okay. I like that one because of the, you know, especially the pH if you're monitoring that for those kitties who have, uh, you know, what they call feline lower urinary tract disease or mm-hmm. idiopathic cystitis uh, could definitely keep you on track to, to make sure they don't develop crystals. 
it, crystals have something to do with pH. Yeah, too high a pH will make crystals. Uh, so normal cat urine, six to six and a half is the normal pH. So if it's going up into the sevens, you're going to get uh, calcium, or excuse me, struvite crystals. Okay. And anything below six, you're more apt to get what they call calcium oxalate crystals. Kind of a different little scenario, but it's all about acid-base balance. And that's a nice litter just to keep track. Okay. So last week we talked about pea protein and how it's kind of always involved in these kind of like little tricks that the pet food manufacturers play because it can be listed as a few things, including pea flour, peas, um, stuff like that. And anyway, pea protein has some side effects. And our uh, listener, Sue, who is also on our Holistic Bed Advice page, um, says she has been feeding a really common food that she gets at the grocery store Shopping down the aisle, you see this refrigerated case. It looks really cute. And they're in that, I don't know, what do they call it when they're plastic and they're like round like that? I don't know. You can slice it off like a hamburger. Oh, the loaves? Yeah, like a loaf. Yeah. Okay, so it's refrigerated. It's supposed to be fresh, but it does have pea protein in it. So is there a problem with that? If the, you know, a lot of times they, if you look at the ingredient list, and if it's in the first four, that's a high level of pea protein in there. A lot of times you'll see it down there about seven or eight, mm-hmm. uh, very little. But what they've done is to make it grain free, but to reduce the cost. So you're taking away from meat. Uh, meats is the most cost or high cost of food. So the more meat in it, the higher the cost, right? When they, they put pea protein in there, uh, it reduces the cost, but you can still call it grain free because mm-hmm. peas aren't a grain. Or legacy, <laughs> right? So, what that's doing for uh, what pea protein actually does to the heart is it blocks uh, methionine and cysteine production, which makes taurine. And if you don't have enough taurine in the body, the heart is affected by that because low taurine increases blood pressure. So, if you don't have enough taurine, your blood pressure is going to go up and it's going to start working the heart pretty hard. That's what happened in cats in the 1970s. Didn't have enough taurine, started to see the heart get bigger mm-hmm. because the blood pressure was going up. It doesn't hurt the heart itself. It increases the blood pressure and the heart's pumping harder, you see. Um, but also it has side effects with other areas. Pea protein is a very quick absorbable protein. So the liver gets all that protein, goes, wait a minute, that's a lot of protein for me to, to deal with. Mm-hmm. And so you get byproducts of protein breakdown going in the bloodstream. Ammonia, too much ammonia, bad deal. Uh, kidney can't keep up with that. And the kidney can't get rid of ammonia. It has to be as ammonia gets converted to urea and then goes out through the urine. So if the liver's pumping out a lot of ammonia, it's got to wait for it to come back to the liver to try to reprocess that. Well, you got all that circulating ammonia and then unfortunately it can damage the organ systems. So peas would be commercially grown. They're right. not listing it as organic peas. Um, it's adding carbs. You're adding insecticides, herbicides, and that can impact a lot of things that, you know, we've all kind of had to just get used to if you're not buying all organic. And even the organic stuff sometimes has it in it or a level of it. Um, so you've got a lot of different things to consider when you're looking at pea proteins. It's additional carbs, and carbs for animals are good or bad. Too many carbs, uh, and we'll get into that with the kitties um, and dogs. 
uh, can cause weight gain because that's too much energy going in at one time. Uh, and more energy is not necessarily a good thing because the body uses up a certain amount of energy between the meals. Uh, we talked about the formula we, for cats and dogs, is how much you should be feeding them. But that extra energy has to go as to uh, be stored. But that creates inflammation. Well, guess what? It needs to be buffer inflammation, fat. So that's mm -hmm. why the fat covering is there. Not so dangerous on the skin, but you start putting a visceral fat, a lot of fat around the organs, and that fat absorbs toxin. Now you got toxin right around the liver, right around the heart, right around the kidney and spleen, and you don't want it in there. And it's and just imagine if you start detoxing visceral fat, you've got those toxins being unloaded right next to those organs. It's very scary. Okay. Alex, thanks for joining us today. Good to hear from you all the way from California. So thanks for uh, watching on our Facebook page. We really appreciate it. Um, Sue also says, and I'm really glad to hear this, that she is feeding Ziwi air-dried kibble type of food. Ziwi is a fantastic food if you're looking for anything. I think it's New Zealand that it comes from. And they have all different kinds of proteins, but they can actually trace back each um, pet food to a specific farm and a specific animal. They've really got a fantastic way of doing things. Plus, they air dry the food. Um, what's the difference between air drying and then like processing it in, a, in another way? Well, uh, the two big differences, uh, I guess, when it comes to that texture of food is you got air dry and you got freeze drying. So um, both very effective. Freeze drying is a little more expensive because the freeze dryer itself, that machine to do that is, is very expensive. So that's why you'll see the freeze dried foods a little bit higher priced. Air dried, the methods that they use is it's similar to freeze drying, but not without the added expense. Okay. They're both very effective ways of making food because you're not, you're just lightly processing them. You're not cooking all that. Just encouraging it to dry out. <laughs> yeah, just encouraging yeah. drying. Yeah. So Ziwi is, um, it's really a top food. It does cost a little more. We are carrying the Ziwi treats. Um, one of our little patients, Livy the Mork, she's an Instagram star. She had TV shows. She's <laughs> been in commercials. She has walked the runways of New York and Milan. Like she's the cutest little dog and uh, a little Morky. And she is on Zwee full time as well. So, I mean, you know, she's getting the best care for all the work that she <laughs> does. She also does a lot of cute tricks and she's on Zwee as well. So um, just a really top premium food. I would say Zwee would probably be at the tip top, right, of the premium foods. Yeah. They put a lot of effort into this. And to be able to track it specifically to a farm or a cow or something, I mean, is uh, pretty incredible as far as that goes. So um, also, uh, when you're considering feeding cats, you know, we're kind of talking about the carbs with the dogs. Um, there's actually kind of a new study out that showed uh, feeding indoor cats and what we're feeding them and if that's actually appropriate because when they did research on wild cats or cats that you know live outside and stuff they compared their prey to our actual cat food and it was quite shocking so I'll let you tell them a little bit about that amazing study because they found that wild cats actually eat 62 percent protein mm -hmm. in their diet and two percent carbohydrates 
Okay. So very little carbs. Well, if we if we take our our average pet food, it can be thirty percent protein, but it can be up to thirty, even fifty, sixty percent carbohydrate. Mm-hmm. You imagine the cats become what they call carboholics because the body gets used to that much carb. And even if you wanted to switch them over to better food, they won't eat it mm-hmm. because we, they're addicted to the carbohydrates. We so, went and standard processed a uh, big company that does a lot of holistic medicine. We went there and they had done a study on it and they announced it there or someone they were associated with it did. And it said, when you are in a carb situation with a cat, you're feeding carbs and you try to go back to a straight protein or mostly protein diet, it actually makes them sick. if They're nauseated yeah. by it. So you kind of have to be careful when you're looking at cat food. At this point, I wouldn't necessarily suggest making it yourself, but um, finding something grain-free for a cat is always a good idea to keep them nice and fit. Because trust me, these cats here that people uh, gave up and didn't want anymore that we need to find homes for. So if you're prone to needing a kitty, we've got some really nice ones here, but some of them are like 28 pounds. (laughs) So (laughs) we had a couple of really good sized kitties here. So something to think about when you're shopping for cat food this week. Um, Thanks again for joining us today. Uh, The uh, Facebook group is Holistic Vet Advice with Dr. Jim and Kristen Carlson. Please join us there. And thanks for joining us today. Have a great week. Have a great one. Thank you for listening this week to Awesome Woo Woo Holistic Vet Advice. Please join your hosts, Dr. Jim and Kristen Carlson, again next Thursday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now go make some time with your best friend.